0: So, um, I, maybe you're like me, and I like to watch the weather. Probably kept growing up in Oklahoma, that's all we had to do was watch the weather channel. And so we sit around and watch it all the time, okay? So, uh, but I watched the weather forecast, and saw it's supposed to be snowing this weekend, and so I got my flannel, and I'm all ready, and there's no snow, right? Oh, so one of those deals. But I do have my throat coat, for those of you who are worried about me tonight, uh, there's, uh cold that's been running through our family is really hard, so I just appreciate your prayers as we go through this evening together. Now, this is the 24th time that I've been able to do a Christmas Eve message, and so every year I think about, you know, how we can talk about Christmas and make it fresh and uh, how we can come at it in a way that will be meaningful to us in some ways, and so what I thought about this year is I was thinking about how complicated Christmas can be for many of us. And I realize that for some of us, uh, Christmas is a time that's full of joy and expectation and comfort and hope, and we have all those feelings that Lindsay talked about as she was talking about her family and the Christmas experience. But for others, Christmas is a time of grief. It's a time of mourning, uh, sadness, lost, thinking about missed expectations. But then, for many of us, it's a combination of all of that. Is what we experience at Christmas. Some of us we feel you know, we're feeling joy and expectation and comfort, and um, at the same time we have loss and we have missed, ex- missed expe- expectations, and so we have this kind of you know all package of things we're feeling, and it's really complicated. The truth is that really for the Christmas season, for many people, it's complicated, and with the relationships, family, friends, finances, or things that you expected to happen that didn't happen well it can lead to kind of a whole complicated season that we enter into some of you find compli- you know, christmas complicated especially tonight because you're here and you really don't believe in this whole thing you really struggle with having to come but you came to please someone and you know i just want you to know that i can relate to that there was a lot of my life that i came to please someone to make them happy but there was a time when i realized that I needed this message as well. So that would be my prayer for you this evening. And then some of you are just struggling in your faith. Maybe you had faith as a child, and it was real to you. And then as you become an adult, you become disillusioned, especially as you look at some of the things that go in a culture that Christians are associated with, and you kind of like want to push that away and don't want to be part of it. And it it really is complicated when we think about those things. Well, tonight, whatever you think about Christmas, or however complicated Christmas may feel to you, I want to encourage all of us, if we could, just wherever you are in your faith or your understanding of Jesus, as we're going to talk about him or of Christmas. Uh, I just want you to understand this truth as we start: Christmas is not complicated. It's not complicated. It's profound, but it's not complicated. So this year, what we've been doing in our Advent celebration is we've been going through the f- first chapter of the apostle of John. Now, anybody who's familiar with the Bible, you would say, well, that has nothing to do with the Christmas story. And you're right. John doesn't talk about the Christmas story, angels and wise men and Joseph and Mary and a stable, Bethlehem. He doesn't talk about any of that. But what John does is he goes back, because he was one of Jesus' apostles who walked with Jesus for three years, he was actually the closest, the Bible says. So what he does toward the end of his life is he's looking back and he's reflecting on what it was like to be with Jesus. And he's saying, I want to make sure that everyone understands why Jesus came. Why was he here? I don't want it to get complicated at some point in the future. So we've been looking at that, and tonight what we're going to do is we're just going to take another one of a piece of the Bible that he wrote, probably one of the most familiar verses to most of us in the Bible, John 3.16, and we want to look at this just for a few moments tonight. But before we look at that powerful verse, I'd just like you to help me out by you know, engaging for a moment and thinking about what was the Christmas or what gift did you get at Christmas at some point that means so much still to you today that you would say, this was the favorite gift I ever received that my parents or my grandparents ever got me. What was it? we did this in our community group on Monday night, and we had a blast as we were going around the table talking about it. And I can tell you, all the guys, it was like one of two things. It was either a gun or a bike, okay? So that was our, at some point, our favorite Christmas present that we received. So think about it. What was yours? Most favorite Christmas present? You got something? Got something in your mind? Turn to someone next to you and tell them what it was, okay? Just go ahead and take a minute. Get Work with me on this. I know I see some of you sitting with your parents, and so you're talking about maybe what you wished you would have gotten. (laughs) It's just fun to think about giving, isn't it? And getting gifts and giving gifts. Okay, well, thanks a lot for helping with that. And so at the end of my talk tonight, what I want to just let you know is at the end of my talk, I'm going to show you my most memorable Christmas present ever and I'm going to draw you into that moment so you can experience that with me. See, gifts at Christmas time can be important, but they can also be complicated, right? As we try to find the right gift, we want to find the perfect gift. We want to make sure somehow that that gift opening time happens that, that, that the person who's opening it they look at us and they have the eyes like, "Oh, I can't believe you got me this. This was the most perfect thing." It's complicated. Now, I don't know what it is that makes it so complicated, but I just know that in, even in culture, we can't figure it out. What is the most most popular gift this Christmas season for kids? I'm going to show you a picture of it right now. Some of you maybe already know. What is that? You don't know? It's a Hatchimal. Okay, it's a Hatchimal. So you buy your you know, little kid this egg... And then it hatches out, and you got this little animal. Well, this became such a craze uh, that uh, early in the season, probably around the end of November, December, uh, that there were people going out and buying all that these they could and then reselling them on eBay. One person sold four of these for $25,000. Can you believe that? Just amazing uh, when we talk about gifts and what we do with them. Well, I have a gift here, and I want to show it to you. It, and just look at this gift right here. Um, it's beautiful, isn't it? It looks gorgeous. It was wrapped with love and with tender care. And so you look at this, you think that is a beautiful gift. Now, I obviously didn't wrap this gift. Just want you to know. Okay. So mine would not look like this. Now let's just suppose that I give this gift to my wife who's sitting right over here for Christmas on Christmas day. And she gets it and she looks at how beautiful it is. And then she opens it. Now, she would open it slowly, saving the paper and the ribbon. That's the family she came from, where we all rip into stuff. But she would just open it up. And she opens it, and she discovers that it's empty. And then what would she do? She would look at me with this kind of quizzical look on her face, like, okay, where's the real gift at? You're giving me this box. And what if I said to her at that moment, the real gift is the wrapping, the real gift is the wrapping. Wasn't it beautiful? It was all the effort I went to to give you this beautiful looking gift. I can tell you that if I did this on Christmas day, the rest of the day would not go well for me. I just want you to know that, Just, just right up front. A gift that looked beautiful on the outside but was empty when it opened would not go well in my house, and I'm sure it wouldn't go well in your house either. She wouldn't be thrilled with the package. Now, most of us, I'll just say this, most of us, we would rather have a Thoughtful gift, poorly wrapped, than a meaningless gift, well wrapped, right? Thoughtful gift, poorly wrapped, than a meaningful gift, I'm an empty gift, carefully wrapped. Now, I draw this picture for you because I just want to talk a little bit about uh, this whole idea of gift giving. And what we do with this whole idea and this concept uh, as we come to this. See, there's so much attention, especially at this time of year, given to this whole idea of, I would just call it, the wrapping, so much effort put into making the package of Christmas beautiful as we celebrate this season, as we seek out you know, with, with the strength of passion the perfect Christmas, that when we stop and we think about it, if we give ourselves a moment to ask, we wonder, is this really what it's all about as we pursue this perfect ideal Christmas? And deep inside, I believe if we're honest, We probably all know that there has to be something more than trees and lights and ornaments and parties and gifts. I mean, those are wonderful things, but we know inside that there has to be something more than all that. Surely those things are not what Christmas really represents. Surely that's not the essence. Surely that's not the heart. Surely that's not what is in the box. See, it's not all in the wrapping, is it? It's actually the gift that we get. And folks, when Jesus was born, when he was born as a baby, he was given to us as the perfect gift. See, the message of Christmas is that Jesus is God's gift to you and to me. So we're going to spend just a few moments tonight. We're going to look at John 3.16. We're going to look at these this one verse, we're going to kind of take it apart for just a moment, and we're going to look at this gift, the perfect gift that was given to us. I want to begin by reading John 3.16. I'm going to get you to help me. We're going to put it on the screen here, and we're going to read it out loud together. Okay, ready to go. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. I'm going to take that gift apart right now take that verse, we're going to take it into four phrases, and we're going to look at this gift that God gave us in Jesus. So it begins with, God so loved the world. It begins with God. God's gift was perfect because of who gave it. Now, I know this may be hard for some of you. I, you know, go back to people who you're, you're thinking, I just came here with my arm behind my back twisted. I'm not sure I believe in this whole thing. I mean, you know, it would be hard for some of you that that believe that that there is a God of the Bible, that there is a God who's different or superior or better than all the other gods that other people follow in the world. And so, uh, I just want to ask you a few moments if you would just work with me, if you would just allow me to just continue to talk about this God of the Bible, and just see if the God of the Bible. If he doesn't resonate within your heart, in your soul, is a God that you would want, a God that you would want to know. See, the God of the Bible is the only God of any religion who initiated contact with humankind, who initiated contact with mankind, and came to us so that we could get to know him, so that we could know his love. Just listen to what this God did, and I believe that maybe you'll begin to understand why Christians worship him. See, God loves you. There's nothing you can do to earn God's love. See, God can't love you any more than he does right now. He can't love you any less than he does right now. He is love and every action he takes toward you is based upon the love that he has. His passionate love prompted him to sacrifice just for you and for me. He loves us that much. You see, the best gift always comes from someone who knows exactly what you need. And God knows exactly what we need. And out of love, he gave us Jesus. He showed us his love in that way. There's no limit to his love. See, God loves you and me because that love, and because of that love, he was willing to give so that we could now Come into relationship with him. It's all about relationship. Anybody that tells you that Christianity is about religion, they don't understand Christianity. It's all about coming into relationship with God. He wants to adopt you into his forever family. And folks, that love is available to everyone. Notice it says, for God so loved the world. And when it says the world there, it's not talking about the container, okay? Is talking about what's inside the container. It's talking about humankind. So if you are humankind, and I assume we all are. I watched The Rogue One the other night, and there's a lot of aliens on that movie. But I'm assuming we're all humankind, then this verse is for you. This verse is exactly for you. Everyone can know his love. Second phrase, that he gave his only son, that he was a giver, and he gave And God's gift was perfect because of what he chose to give, his only son. Now, I know this is hard to imagine. It's really difficult for me to wrap my brain around. I have my doubts at times. I come back to the reality that this is true. And I understand that many of us do as well. It's very hard for us to comprehend. But God gave us his son. He was the perfect gift. Jesus came as a baby and he was wrapped up in him was the fact that he was to become the savior of the world. The greatest gift we could ever receive came as a human being with an umbilical cord and was wrapped in swaddling clothes and was put into a manger. God in flesh was sent to show us God's love. See, God didn't send a philosophy. God didn't send a religion. God sent a person. Because he wants to be in relationship with us. God didn't give the world something. God gave the world someone. So that through someone, we could get to know him. God's love is revealed in the worth of his gift. Third phrase. That whoever believes in him. That whoever believes in him. See, God's gift is perfect because it's for anyone. It's for anyone. So here's the bottom line. The Bible talks about this. It says we all need God's gift. It says that no one is good. No, not one. (coughs) Excuse me. And the really cool thing is that this gift is available to anyone. No matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter how many times you've rejected him, his love is for you. His love is for all the who's of Who'sville. That's who it's for. So many people seem to believe that God only loves them if they're a good person or if they can keep all the rules. In other words, if you can you know, measure up to some external religious system of deeds and duties. But the Bible says that God's love is for whoever. It says that we all fall short of his standards. It says that no one deserves his love, but he gives his love freely. Whoever means anyone and whoever means everyone no matter what you've done no matter where you've been no matter what you said god says i love all the whoever's of the world that whoever would believe now that word believe i want to talk about just a moment see some people look at that and they look at that verse and they combine it with first 1 john 112 that says to all who believe in him he gives the right to become children of god and they they look at that verse and they 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 hear the word believe as more of a transactional statement that that, that if i can Believe, it's like I signed my name here, and I've purchased something, and I get to own it, and I get to have it. It's a transaction between me and God. But belief is more than that. Uh, And I want to help us to understand belief, because it may help you tonight where you are in your pursuit of Christ. So belief is kind of of this three-step process. And the first step of belief is that I get information, I get knowledge, and I believe it is truth. Information and knowledge, and I believe it's in truth. So I have information about God. God said that he was going to send his son. So he sent his son. And I have information about Jesus. What did Jesus come to do? Jesus came to say, I have information about that. And so you come to a place where you say, I'm going to accept that as truth. And then the second step of faith is, I'm going to agree that that truth is for me. So I agree that, wow, Jesus came to save me. I agree I need saving, I agree I need this gift, and so I'm going to say yes to him and receive it. And then there's a third step, and the third step to belief is trust. So okay, I have information, I have, I've agreed that I need this, and trust is where I say, now I'm going to turn my life over to him. And I'm going to, I'm going to surrender everything to him. So that I can follow him. So that I can know him. So that I can become a new creation. So that I can have purpose and meaning and I can follow him. So it's a three-step approach to believe. And we want to move all the way over to the third place, folks. To the third place. So that we can say, whoever believes, believes, and I believe, and I want to receive all the benefits of the gift. All the benefits that Jesus came to offer when he came to earth. And then the last idea I want to share with the fourth uh, phrase is this, should not perish, but have eternal life. Should not perish, but have eternal life. Now, God's gift is perfect because it never loses its appeal. It never grows old. I'll bet you anyone who gets a Hatchimal this year, five years, no memory of it at all, okay? Because it's going to grow old. But God's love offers God's presence for eternity. For eternity. Now, to perish, obviously that's not a very nice-sounding word, right? That doesn't sound like a good idea. But to perish means to spend eternity apart from God's presence with no hope of ever having my desire for him fulfilled. That's what perishing means. Eternity, on the other hand, means... I know him for eternity. I get to be in relationship with God now, which makes my life better now, but I have the promise that I will be in relationship with him for all eternity, for all time. And that's God's gift to us. Now, I want to bring you back to the gift I mentioned that I received last Christmas. And I want to show you how powerful a gift can be. I want to set it up first so that you can kind of see what happens As we watch this clip, but in 2006, uh, Kim and I were able to remodel some of our home. And so uh, we decided that we were going to take the the television uh, entertainment center, and we were not going to have that be the center of our home anymore, and that we were going to move it downstairs so that you really had to work to get there. And so uh, then we redid everything else. But in the process, we had the TV, we had the entertainment center, we had all the stuff that you might have, all against one wall, because that was the center of our home. And so as we're cleaning out the entertainment center, I don't know if this is about your house, but you got all kinds of junk stuck in there, stashed in there that's accumulated over the last few years. Well, that was also the place that we stored certain memorabilia, we stored our videotapes you guys know what one of those are a videotape right anybody you don't remember videotapes okay we had those okay and so we stored the big ones in there and then we also had the high eight the smaller ones we stored you know those in there in boxes so in that remodel all those were taken out they were put into boxes they were moved to another part of the house then we do the remodel we come back you know years go by nobody's thinking about these tapes anymore about watching them or looking at them and then all of a sudden we thought i want to watch those and we went on a search, and we couldn't find one box full. And it was actually devastating when we found this out, because the one box that was missing <coughs> were all the tapes from 2000 to 2006 when we did the remodel. Now, the reason this is significant is in 2000 is when we were able to adopt Jordan, our daughter, into our home. And we were devastated because we could not find the box and all we could figure out is it got stuck in the garage and it ended up in the dump. And, you know, I was particularly heartbroken more than anyone else in our family. I took this very personally because in my mind, in that box was her history with our family from the moment she was adopted. And I wanted her to have these memories So that if she ever felt she didn't belong, that she could watch these and she could know how loved she is. So I grieved the loss of these tapes. Well, last December 2015, Kim went down to our into our basement area and she went to the closet where we now store all of our junk. And so inside that closet are boxes of old photographs. They're on paper. Can you believe that? They're on paper. So we have boxes of old photographs, and she's going through all these boxes because she's looking for a particular picture that will fit her talk that she was going to do an Advent in that season. And she was digging through the boxes, and finally she gets to this one box, and she opens it up, and she looks inside, and it's high eight videotapes. And she looked and saw that the dates were exactly the dates that were missing. So she stopped and she thought, how can I surprise Ron with these? So she came up with a plan that she would give them to me on Christmas morning as a gift. And she got Ryan and Jordan to be involved in this whole thing. And so they set up the GoPro in the living room. I didn't know any of this was going on. In the living room, set up the GoPro, and then we filmed the opening of gifts. And let's watch when I open this box.
1: Hopes this will surprise you. you think so, Forgive is me mystery? if it don't. Oh, I didn't One see never it. knows around this house if it she will, will more or more if it more. won't. Yeah. I had
0: to share the poetry. Sure. No, you know what's you, oh, good? Oh, it's a pair of shoes. my oh, word. I've been wanting some new shoes. Yeah. They don't look like they're going to fit, though. <laughs> no, the not gonna fit. Funny guy over here. Yeah. No.
1: Read the dates. <laughs>
0: I knew it was going to get him to cry. I love it.
1: Come on, Dad. <laughs> Enjoy the moment
0: You, it's actually six minutes long that I bawled like a baby uh, in that video. I really, wow, well, that's just so meaningful to me. That gift was so memorable, it represented so many things to me and to our family. You know, when I think about gifts that are meaningful, then I think about this gift that he, God gave us in Jesus. And I'm learning to feel that same way that I felt there when I look into the box that God wrapped Jesus in, when he gave Jesus to us, that he offered me a way to be part of his family. He offered me a way to be adopted. He offered me a way to have meaning in life. He offered me a way to, if I ever felt I didn't, wasn't loved, that I could always know that I belong because of Him. You see, folks, that's the beauty of what God did for us at Christmas. He gave us all the opportunity to have this gift. I read a poem that I just want to read to you by Corey Tenboom, and she's talking about John 3.16, and she says this, Who can add to Christmas? The perfect motive is that God so loved the world. The perfect gift that he gave his only son. The only requirement is to believe in him. The reward of faith is that you will have eternal life. Who can add to that? Who can speak of a greater love? There is no greater love. You see, the truth of Christmas is this. It's not complicated. God loved. God gave. We believe. We receive. And we open the box. It makes our heart Sing. And that's what this song is all about. Noel.
1: bow to babe on bent in me the savior
0: God gave us the gift of his son and his son came bearing a gift that he brought for us. He made it possible for every one of us to know acceptance and forgiveness. He made it possible for us to be adopted into his family so that we'd have a place we belong. He made it possible for us to discover meaning and purpose. He made it possible for us to have hope that there's something in this life and something more for all the whoever's in the world. That's you and me. Would you bow your heads and let's pray a moment. God, I thank you so much for what you did. As you gave Jesus. I pray that you would help us to know, to know that love. As Paul wrote in Ephesians 3, when he was thinking about how awesome you are, God, and how much you love us, he said these words I ask the Spirit of God to give you the power for your spirit to grow strong. And that rooted and grounded in love, you will be able to understand the breadth and the length, the height and the depth of Christ's everlasting love for you. So in this prayer, let's go back to the idea of belief. Would you dare tonight to believe the facts about Jesus? He was sent from God for you, that you could have life, as he said, in all its fullness. Would you believe the facts tonight that you need him? Would you agree in your heart that you need him? Not just facts that he came, but would you be willing to agree now to Jesus, Jesus, I need you. need why you came I'm a whoever would you be willing to take that last step would you be willing to say I trust you that I'm going to walk with you that I'm going to listen to you, that I'm going to respond to you, that I'm going to follow you that I want to become like you Would you be willing to do that? Because in that, we find the riches, the riches of the gift of Jesus. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.